It is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless Truths will inspire you to do just that. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolark, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Timeless Truths. I have a special guest with me today. His name is Robert Thibodeau, Pastor Thibodeau, and uh, he has podcasts of his own, and I have met him through the podcasting world, and we have been connected pretty well ever since. So I would like to turn this over to you, Pastor Bob, and if you could tell us a little bit about your ministry. All right. Well, praise God. Uh, It's you know, been 20, almost 30, 30 years in the making, I guess, to get this far. We started off, we are an evangelism ministry. That's our calling. And, you know, that's what I worked in for the first dozen years or so and ended up pastoring a church for a couple of years, realized that was not my calling. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, and turned it over to a friend of mine. We merged our churches and, and, uh, cause that is his calling. And I went back into the evangelism aspect. I was a police officer, uh, became a chaplain for our department. So I was still in the ministry. And then, uh, when I got ready to retire, I was praying, Lord, what is it you want me to do now? And it was just very clear to me, uh, without going into the long story, that we were supposed to start a media ministry. And we started off on a flip cell phone on a free website. And the funny thing is, I had no technical ability at all. That's why we had, I didn't even have a website back then. This is 19, well, 2009 is when the media ministry started. And, uh, it sounded like I was talking on a flip cell phone on a free website, but I started getting a following. I was like, wow, okay, Lord, it's kind of cool. And uh, about six months into that, I was approached by Wilkins Communications as a Christian radio station conglomerate out of South Carolina. And they said, we heard your podcast. Now, I didn't know what a podcast was, let alone that I even had one back then. And uh, they said, we think you'd be a good fit for our audience. Would you like to be on nationwide AM radio? And I'm thinking, Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in my eyes. Sure. The catch was I had to pay for it. You know, just these little tiny details I'm learning as I go. But we did it for a year, and that was my uh, rapid education in broadcast media. You know, learn about sound quality, time management, editing files, loading servers, all that stuff. Towards the end of that, the Lord put on my heart to begin our own radio station, Christian radio station, but have it online. And he gave me a list of 10 things it was supposed to do, called it my 10 commandments for the radio. And we went to Google to try and find somebody who was doing this that we could pattern ourselves after. And nobody was doing the things the Lord had put down on the list. And this is way back. iHeartRadio had just started. And all they were doing was music. Okay. So my son-in-law, he was the technical side of things. He worked for Apple at the time. And he said, well, let's build it. So we built what's now Evangelism Radio and launched it on October 4th, 2010. So we're just at our 13th anniversary now. And we started with one broadcaster, me, 
We started with one listener, me. My wife didn't even <laughs> listen to the radio station, right? And, uh, you know, it quickly grew within about a year and a half or so. We were rated number one in the world by uh, shoutcast.com for the Christian talk genre. At one point, we had over 70 broadcasters. We're about 40-some now. But it's been going 24-7 ever since October 4th, 2010. Ministries, some major ministries, if I mentioned their names, everybody would recognize them. They send us files every week. But we cater to the smaller ministries, smaller churches. And the podcast started just as a way for me to interview our broadcasters. And that soon grew, you know, into authors, you know, recording artists, CEOs, businesses, entrepreneurs. They wanted to be interviewed and promote their products and services, of course. But Everything was Christian related. Think of a uh, Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby. You know, they may be in a secular business, but they are running it with Christian values. We started the podcast in 2018. So we're in our fifth year of that. You know, we're coming up on episode 1400 now, and uh, that'll be published in the next couple of weeks. So it's been a fast ride on the podcast. The podcast is rated in the top half percent of all podcasts worldwide. Uh, Kingdom Crossroads podcast. So this is my full-time job now. I've conducted over 900 interviews in five years. So someone out there is in the Christian niche somewhere, somehow, some way, and they want to be interviewed, they can reach out and you know we'll put them on the air. But uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Been married 45 years and haven't traded her back in yet. So. Oh, that's true. You have quite a journey that you have had behind you. And in a lot of ways, you've been a really, you know, you've been a great pioneer with, with all of this and started podcasting at the foundation of all of these things. Almost. I think it had been around a few years. Like I didn't even know what a podcast was. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was told I had one. I said, okay. <laughs> And, and I didn't realize what a podcast was until not that long ago, like a year, a year and a half ago, because I was focused on being an author. And mm -hmm. when I got opened up to the podcasting world and was able to be interviewed by you, which was really for Amen. my book, it it just opens so many doors to to do this. It's a it's a way that we can have a voice, yeah. a way that the messages can be brought forth that the Lord wants us to do. Yep. Amen. And, and it's relatively easy to do once you know the the steps in the process and uh you know i help i've helped i can't say hundreds but i'll say close to a hundred people start their own podcasts and a couple of them have even gone on and sold it for five figures the, you know they, they grew it and sold it so that's a blessing to me knowing that what we're sharing works because it's the Lord doing it. I mean, and that's, he reminds me of that every now and then, that, uh, you know, you knew nothing. You're just doing what I tell you to do. And that's why it's working. I say, yes, sir. You are the one in charge. <laughs> I, he really is. But, you know, he gives us the, the insight into doing this. I mean, I never thought of doing a podcast. I was an mm -hmm. author and a yeah. speaker, but it's, it's something that I felt he put on my heart as well to do this and to mm -hmm. bring forth those messages. And you've been doing it for such a long time and have helped so many people. And it's really good. Can you explain some things about Faithcasters as well? Sure. Uh, Faithcasters, we just launched July of 2023. And it is a, let's call it a networking, Christian networking and 
promotion services. Uh, we have a, a newsletter. I try and publish it every two weeks. Uh, sometimes I get so busy that it comes out every third week, but it's supposed to publish every two weeks. And all it does is connect. Our tagline is to connect great Christian podcasters with great Christian guests so that you don't have to go to the secular world and be lumped in with undesirables, we'll call them, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> mixing the message. Uh, you can still go out and market yourself on those platforms. There's, you know, I'm not saying don't do it. It's not sinful or anything like that. But I wanted to create just a Christian-only podcast network. As far as I know, we're the only one, or the first one anyway, that just markets this strictly to Christians. So when you come on Faithcasters, if you join Faithcasters, your message is not going to be watered down by outside influences. And like I say, it's just a place for Christian podcasters and Christian guests to get together and promote each other's services and, and help get the word out. That's our mission statement. Get the word out into all the earth. And that's what we do. And I'm a Christian podcaster and I have joined Faithcaster. Right. So can, can you give the, you know, the, the web link or the link if anybody yeah. is listening yeah. that is interested in connecting with Faithcaster? Yep. It's faithcaster.org. Okay. It's singular, faithcaster.org. And they can go there and, and the website explains the whole concept and process and it makes it real easy to sign up. You add your profile. Someone just wants to receive the newsletter, they can get the newsletter for free. Uh, but if you want to add your profile to our searchable database, put it like that, uh, they can do that as well. That's good. Thank you so much for explaining all of this. And we have been connected for almost a year now, I believe. And I've been on your wow, program been a few long? times. Wow. We got another yeah. one coming up soon. Amen. Yeah. And I just really appreciate uh, being connected with you and all the things that you have been doing is is really important. And I, I'm glad you listened to the voice of the Lord because he does point us in the right directions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I asked him one time, because when evangelism radio started growing, I mean, it took off like a rocket. And, uh, you know, I was starting to be invited to conferences and, you know, things like that to speak. And, and one day I was praying and said, Lord, why did you bless me with this? Why did you pick me? I'm thinking, you know, because of your leadership ability and all this stuff, right? And he said, You weren't my first choice. <laughs> you know, ah, but- I was like, Oh. Oh. And he said, you were just the first one that obeyed. I was like, ooh. That's, okay, lesson learned. That's good. <laughs> lesson learned. <laughs> it is a lesson learned so that, you know, we listen to the things he asks of us. And and you were obedient. You were willing and obedient. Yeah. And you heard his voice. And you did it. And, you know, I imagine that happens to a lot of us. My background was not as a, like a psychologist or something like that. And I'm talking about family values. And so probably someone else was called ahead of me too, but I listened to the voice of the Lord and I did it. So I've thought of that as well, because this was not my original background. Now I have a doctorate degree in Christian theology, and I have Mm -hmm. worked with character and teaching character for a number of years, but there could have been a Christian psychologist out there somewhere that had received a message like mine, but didn't act upon it. Yeah. So amen. Uh, what, yeah. what you're saying is is so true. And, and it's so important that if we get a message from the Lord to do something that's maybe outside our comfort zone, 
we need to follow up on it and be obedient like you have been. Yeah. Amen. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting how the Lord works that way, but you know, we, we see the scripture, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. And, you know, he reminded me of the story of David, right? David started was just, you know, go out, go out, watch the sheep, you know, yes. keep them safe, you know, and he'd throw rocks or something to the coyotes and stuff that would come in and stuff like that. And, you know, and at one point in time, he had to actually kill a lion and a bear. Yes. Right? And when it came time to face down Goliath, it wasn't the first time he'd ever had to put his life in jeopardy for anything. He'd done oh, that it before is true. and seen God deliver him. So he was, had no qualms about going out there. And he said, okay, what am I going to use to fight this with? Well, what have you used in the past? You know, that's what he did. And it worked. But he just wasn't blowing dandelion seeds in the wind and playing and stuff. And then one day decide he's going to take on the biggest, meanest giant in the enemy army. I mean, the Lord had prepared him in those small incremental steps for that purpose. And I look back at my life and I see how the Lord has done the same exact thing. Because if he'd have shown me back in 2008, when he first put in my heart to start the radio station, and said, and this is what you're going to be doing, and this is what it's going to do, look like, and this is, you know, <laughs> no way, you know, you know, he's got some things on my heart now about what the next step is, and I'm like, oh, Lord, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sometimes good we don't have a long lead time in, you know, knowing yeah. some of these things, because, yeah. you know, a year ago had... The Lord showed me I was going to be doing podcasting. I'd be first question, and what is it? So, but he takes us step by step. So he is that lamp into our feet. And we just need to take that step at a time like you are. And when he opens up the vision for what is ahead, it's pretty amazing. I, you, you didn't know you'd be doing this. And now you, right. you know, are becoming aware of what the next step is. And and we always need to remain open to the visions that he's calling us to. Yep. And make sure it's the Lord telling you. Yes. You know? I mean, yeah. you know, I know I've been doing this long enough now. I know the Lord's voice. What I just shared with you is in the last week, he said, okay, <sighs> here's the next thing. And I'm like, oh, Okay. I'll do it because you said to, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, but not because I want to, but because you said to, you know, and, type mm -hmm. thing. and but yeah, it, it's like I said, my technical ability, when he first told me, I want you to begin your own weekly 30 minute online radio program. I had no clue what that meant. Right. Yes. And my technical ability, I had to have help checking email. Okay, this is a computer. Okay, how do I turn it on? I mean, that's mm -hmm. where I was at, right? You know? But he used you where you were at. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at work, they said, okay, you got to log in here, type in your password. Okay, how do I remember my password? Because you know? uh -huh. <laughs> at work, it wasn't, you know, you couldn't have, you know, like your dog's name. It had to have characters and numbers and a combination with capital letters and all this stuff. How do I, I had to write it down. You know, mm -hmm. I, and 
then when I'd get locked out because I put the wrong numbers in or hit the wrong key or something, they had to come in and unlock it for me. And I mean, that's where I was at technical wise. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when the Lord said, "Now I want you to start your own thirty minute." online radio program I'm like what is that i have no clue what <laughs> yes. that is you know <laughs> and and look look where you are today with this and you're helping yeah. so many people and you know yeah. if i remember correctly you actually teach people how to to do the podcasting is that yep. correct yeah and like i said we've helped close to 100 people start their own podcasts and some of them have gone on and grown them to the point where they were able to sell them for five figures it's amazing and, uh, and you know the lord is has blessed me with the ability to help people get started. And and that's that's the the key is to get started. Because it is. once you take that first it. step, the Lord you know, I firmly believe we would talk about David and Goliath. I firmly believe he could have just whipped that rock around his head in a slingshot and it could have gone backwards and it'd been like a boomerang. It had it'd come back and hit Goliath where it needed to hit him. You know, because he was just obeying the Lord. He was, and the, and the Lord used that, and, yeah. and look how he's using you and, and moving you forward, and just so important to, to hear his voice and then do it, to actually yeah. just well, do look it. look at you. I mean, I've written a couple of books. That is not my calling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, one of them I won an award for. That book was the Lord's calling because it was strictly the Lord that, that wrote it, and, and I was, all I did was do the typing, I guess you could say, but, uh, that is not my calling. Put it like that. I'm not focused on that. I'm not trying to become a, you know, world-class author and stuff. You know, the radio portion, the podcasting, God has brought me step by step. And like I said, now we're getting ready to venture forth into the next step. You can't do it because you want to do it. You have to do it because he wants you to do it. Exactly. And that's that's the key. You know, pray. Oh boy. When he said I want you to do it, I prayed for a whole year. Lord, pick somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you. <laughs> it was me. Who is you? And you know, I focus a lot on family values, character traits, life skills, biblical principles, foundational values. Mm-hmm. It's it's where I feel a calling. You know, I thought it was just gonna be in writing with my book. This was like mm-hmm. a real surprise when the Lord wanted me to have a voice as well as my writing. But from your vantage point, what do you see the condition of the world today that impacts families, I, mm. I guess, you know, families with, with children yeah. and the values that they face? I, I'd be very interested in knowing what your thoughts are. The culture today is so anti-family. It I is. mean, you can go to any restaurant and you don't see people talking. They're all on their phones. Kids. Maybe the adults are talking. The kids are talking to each other, but on their phones instead they of are. talking, you know. And that has resulted in what I'll call the me generation. It's what I want to do. It's all about me. The likes and the follows and all that takes priority over everything, it seems like, on social media. And that has resulted in what we've seen is the falling away from the church. I mean, yes. you know, when I grew up, I'm sure it's the same when you grew up, on Sunday morning, the church parking lots were 90% full. No stores were open. You had to get gas on Saturday. <laughs> you, know? you did. You, you did. Know? Because if you, if you were planning a trip on Sunday, good luck. 
know, if you needed gas. About the only place that was open was like the truck stops and stuff, you know. Even then, I mean, I can remember looking out our picture window because we had an open field right across the street and they were building the expressway. And I remember all them big trucks and all that. And my grandfather took me down when they finally opened up the stretch, you know, he drove on the highway and he was just so amazed he could do 55 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I look at today. (laughs) And uh, he just thought that was great. Had the windows down, the wind blowing. He says, man, this is, this road's great. But yeah, the, now you could drive by just about every church parking lot and they're 90% empty. Yes. And, you know, society reflects that. And unfortunately, they started this uh, seeker-friendly type of church environment back in the late 90s, I guess it was. That has, well, we're not going to preach against sin. We'll just preach the good news part and draw people in. And it got to the point now where they're afraid to preach against sin because, oh, well, then they'll leave. And if they leave, I mean, there might be someone whose son is in homosexuality or something like that. And the pastor gets up there preaching against that. And this big tither says, well, I'm going to leave this church, you know, and takes his money with him. So the path, and I'm not condemning all the pastors out there, but they've, created the Christian culture of we can't preach against things we see because it might upset somebody. And then with, you know, we'll get canceled, cancel culture type thing. And that has predominantly infiltrated not just society, but the Christian culture as well now, where, you know, just stay behind your four walls be nice while you're inside that church, though, though you don't want to say nothing bad. And I was invited to speak up in Canada a few years back at a church up there, and the pastor briefed me that, you know, this is being recorded and will be on the radio, so please don't say anything against the homosexuals and stuff like that, because they'll shut us down. And, and, that's, and that's so and sad that's, when... And that's coming here. Yeah, that's coming is. here. So, I mean, that's, you know, and with my background, my background is in leadership, you know, because my military background and things like that. And so I tend to preach, put it like this, my hero in the military was General George Patton. Okay. (laughs) That's a good hero. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But, you know, he spoke his mind, too, and got in trouble for it. He he did, but he, he lived his values. Yeah. And and that's kind of how I conducted myself in the military. I speak my mind. Sometimes I paid the price for it, but I stuck to my guns that I'm not going to do that because it's wrong. And I tend to preach the same way. You know, sometimes I'll get out there. I'll say something that I know is not being received because of what's the word I'm looking for, Lord because of what that particular church has adopted as what their norms are. And I can tell when I step on toes. And sometimes I'll actually, you know, understand. 
I'm not doing it intentionally. I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm not going out to hurt feelings. I'm preaching the word of God. And that's what we need to do. We need to stand so firm on the word of God. And I, I belong to a church where our pastors do that. It's Mm -hmm. the word of God and it's, it's what it is. We just stand like that. And and in this day and age, this is so important that we do that and don't cave into these other cultural things. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, you know, this isn't Pastor Bob saying it. Let's read it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm just sharing you what God says about it. Yes. And uh, so, and that's where you got to be. I mean, you have to stay centered on God's word. You can't put your own twist on. Well, you can't do this except... Right. Where did you get the accept from? I don't see that. (laughs) And and this is such a challenge, I believe, for parents and families today, because like you said, the the churches are not attended as well as they used to be. And the world is getting so much more dark and gray, you know, a lot of gray areas that unless you're grounded in the word of God, it's really hard to to function the way the Lord would want you to. Yeah. And I'm of the mindset that a lot of the problems we see today is a result of the churches not being full. Because yeah. if they were full, we wouldn't be seeing these problems that we had today. And how do we get back to that standard? It has to start with a conscious decision by parents. I'm taking my family back to church. And you may not agree with everything the pastor says because you've been brought up. Think about it. Just think about this. Since the, we'll just go back to where I was growing up in the 1960s, the great society, since that time, there's been a falling away from the church. Yes. Prior to that time, everything centered around the church. Everything. It did. And, and you know, how do we get back to doing that? It has to be a conscious decision to do it. You know, it's you just can't say, "Oh, yeah, it'd be nice of society to get back that way." Well, it starts with you. It starts with you, mom, dad, grandpa, because we've gone sixty some years now. We'll just throw out a number and say three or four generations that fell away from. It. But for the prior two hundred years prior to that point. Everything was centered around the church. You know, that was the community socials. It was everything else. And the farmers would bring, come in from the field on Sunday morning wearing the best clothes they had. Maybe, you know, we would consider it rags, but that's the best they had. They came to church. But they did. Now they don't do that. They don't. And that's the central problem. And don't get me started on the government. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you can see that cultural impact from top to bottom in the government. And that's just a sad state of affairs. It really is. But the point is, if you want to have the blessing in your family, you have to be blessed. In order to be blessed, you've got to be where God wants you to be. He's not going to bless what he's already cursed. That is so true. And it's so important that parents bring their children to church and not just attend church and go away, but live it throughout the week. 
pray to pray together and read scripture together and answer children's questions that they have and you know get them involved in activities in children's church and and that's where I'm at at my church I'm in children's church so I have mm-hmm. that that heart for the kids and them really seeing the the word of God come alive in their lives and be mm-hmm. able to apply it and that that is the the job of the parents besides mm-hmm. getting them to church but then carry that through the rest of the week. Yeah. Amen. And, and I remember in grade school, just about every one of my teachers were also Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, you know, and uh, the one I'm thinking of in particular, Mrs. Haney, she was my Sunday school teacher and my third grade teacher. Isn't that and, amazing? And And she had her Bible on her desk back then. You prayed every morning, then you said you the Pledge of Allegiance and all that. And when you got in trouble, oh, <laughs> <Now, laughs> right. Now you're really in trouble because she, you know, knew my parents from church, and That's it right. wasn't like my teacher will never even talk to my parents except at the conference type thing. No, they sit next to each other in in, in church. Church, you know, <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, you know what he did. <sighs> <laughs> it, it put you on guard to do the oh, right. Oh boy, yeah, you couldn't escape it. <laughs> but there, somebody there was always that, watching. Yeah. I know there there isn't that discipline in schools anymore, and teachers' hands are so tied yeah. with what they can and cannot do. And without yeah. the Ten Commandments being taught, it's been yeah. really such a disadvantage to children yeah. today. Yep, exactly. I can remember seeing reading those Ten Commandments on the wall. Yes, they were in every classroom. Do. Yep, amen. They really says, are. You and... shall not, and boy, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, but but you know we we had a um, a healthy fear of our parents, a healthy fear of the yeah, Lord, exactly. meaning we wanted to be obedient. And yeah. I don't know that that's in the world to the the degree we had when we were really mm-hmm. growing. It's up. not. It's not. It really isn't. They're more accountable to their peers yes. than they are to their to anyone in authority. Anyone and and in you authority. said a key word, and that's authority. That's something that really isn't taught, and children really need to learn how to submit to authority, the authority of their parents, the teachers, you know, whether it's policemen, firemen, whatever it is, their bosses in the in the outside world. And that is not being taught in school and That's it's right. maybe not being taught like that in families the way it should because their parents were part of that initial falling away from this so they yep. they may not have a solid foundation to to teach yep. it and and so that's why I guess I feel like this is what I'm trying to do with my message get Amen. some of these old time values back into society into the lives of the parents and grandparents so that we can, we can help the younger generation because these all these values that we've been talking about are so healthy and so needed for the young people today to be able to navigate in a world that has so fallen away from good values. Yeah. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly. And the thing is it's now you know like I said we're in the third or fourth generation. Yes. Where you say, you know, you have to go do this. Why? Well, that's what you do on Sunday. I thought Sunday is about football. And that's even in the churches. I've been in some churches. They're like, yeah, okay, we're going to shut down early today because we want know you want to get home time for the game. You know, so hold up. Wait a minute. I'm not here at church. To... We've lost focus. We We've have changed lost our focus. focus. 
We have God's no longer a priority. But we need to really get back to that because the Lord's coming soon. You know, we're 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 seeing things that are prophesied about in the end times, and and they're starting to materialize in front of our eyes. So the time is short. Yeah, and you know, sometimes my grandkids or someone will ask me, you know, what do you think about this? And it's something that's going on in the news. And I'm like, I'm excited about it. He goes, well, you're not worried? I said, no. As Jesus said, said, the prophets of old desired to see these things, but couldn't. But you're blessed because you are seeing them. And if we're seeing them and we recognize what they are, like you just said, prophecy coming to pass, we need to be excited because this means this whole thing is about to wrap up. And that means that motivates me to preach the gospel even more and harder and just be point blank with it. Again, kind of like what General Patton did, just slap them upside the head sometime and catch their attention. And we do need to get people's attention because we've gotten so oblivious to the word of God. So, so many people don't even realize that the time is is short and, and we need to really gather our families together. And at my church, I have a wonderful pastor and his wife that are pastors. And they talk about an arc of safety, you know, get into the arc of safety and bring your family in. And that's by teaching them all of these things, good values based on the word of God and, and helping them live their lives for the Lord. Yep. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts that you would like to relate to, to parents and families in this generation as a some words of wisdom, I guess, from from all the things that you've been doing and what you have been part of. The very best thing you can do is read the word for yourself. Just sit down, even if it's just one chapter a day, but you have to spend time in the word. And at first, you'll know, how do I say all these things? Well, skip over the names if you have to. And just get it. And if you really want to get technical on it, just do the New Testament. Okay. Because that's where Jesus came to do what he needed to do. But the New Testament is just the Old Testament revealed. The Old Testament is is the New Testament concealed. But if you get into the Word, spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes just reading the Bible. You might read two chapters a day. And over the course of time, you're going to start to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you through that word. My calling in the ministry was Ezekiel chapter 2 and chapter 3. And my wife and I were drinking coffee out on the porch. That was our devotional time. And I guess all the blood drained out of my face because she looked up and said, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. I must have read that wrong. I read it again. It still said the same thing. He said, I'm Mm -hmm. calling you to the people of your own nation. I'm not sending you to a far nation that speaks a strange language you don't understand. If I sent you to them, they'd listen. I'm sending you to the people of your own nation because they won't want to listen. But that's okay. I made your head harder than their head. And I've been called a hard head my whole life. So, I mean, complete sense to me, right? And that was my calling into the ministry. And I've been preaching that way ever since. You know, they don't want to hear. I don't care if you want to hear it or not. I'm going to tell you what the word says. And that's, it's amazing how. God's calling is exactly the type of personality you're going to be. It is. He put these gifts and talents and abilities in us to be used for the purpose he called us to. And when he calls you, he's going to fulfill the calling that he's placed on you. Amen. 
Amen. So just my recommendation is if you haven't been reading your Bible, read your Bible. Just just start. Just say, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment 15 minutes a day. That's all. Just start there and see what God can do with it. Yes, and he'll he'll speak to you through through his yeah. written word. Yeah. And you might read you might go 30, 40 days without <sighs> and suddenly something's going to jump out at you. Ooh. Ooh. I still do that. I I've, I've been I got born again in 1992, right? And I'm still reading the scriptures and say, "Ooh, I didn't see that before. I've read the Bible probably a thousand times over the years. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah, highlighter, where are you at? (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, So he's still showing me things in the Word. That's why I say just get in the Word because God can work with you from there. You have to understand what he's saying, and he's going to speak to you through that Word. Yes, he is. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Bob. I appreciate you being on this here today. And we've had a really good discussion. And uh, I just thank you so much. And I'm so glad that we are connected. Uh, We're connected through the podcasting world. But I think our hearts and minds are very similar. And thank you. I really appreciate appreciate this today. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths Podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris at drchris.co. See you next week.